You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. My time is yours. I was the last My man standing. I am the man, and the man feels no pressure. You are facing a fuel-injected suicide machine. Fear from the man that rules the world. And welcome to the Vicious Circle. Sid Bud, how are you doing today? Man, doing better. Um, everybody heard it not, man. Just had this hernia surgery. And uh, I am kicking that hernia surgery's butt, dude. No doubt. Then yeah. on top, excuse me, then on top of that, of course, here in this area, everyone knows me, knows I've got asthma or allergy induced asthma. And it is killing me right now. Everyone I talked to, I've seen in the last, I don't know, two or three weeks, everyone is like, same thing in this area. There's all can't breathe, can't, you know, hardly talk, you know. Same old thing, but you have to just get up and keep keep going, dude. Exactly. How hot is it down there? Because I know up here it's been really hot. It's hot. Uh, not like... It, it, you've seen it sometimes, like last couple of years, it'd be 100 degrees right now. It's in the uh, upper 90s, but it's the humidity as well, you know. Okay. That I can see. Yeah. I guess it's not that hot up here. I guess I just looked. It was around 88 to 90 today, so it wasn't that hot, but still warm. No, that's, that's hot, dude. <laughs> Man. Well, I'm glad you're getting better, and that's the one thing that uh, I guess – is great for you to show that because you're so fit and because you take care of yourself, it makes that recovery uh, easier than it would be normally. No, God, I'm going to tell you something. I've always been a believer. Uh, and always, I've always eaten really, really healthy. But when I've uh, got like a little cold or feel a little down, I really do lean towards things that, you know, especially where it comes from the fresh, you know, like fresh vegetables and, things like that and i always feel like a cold or something like that you can it, it does help to try to eat yourself out of it instead of not eating or uh drinking the soda instead of some good water or something like that you know i really believe eating is you're going to get out of it much faster if you don't eat eat as well see that's why i have colds for months because i have chocolate bars and cookies and i should not definitely have that stuff <laughs> No, uh, it, it, of course, it's just, I mean, now they do say this, you know, everything's okay in moderation. Yes. You have, you know, and you have to figure out for for you what the moderation is. Well, that's like even being diabetic. I was told not to give up sugar, but like you said, moderate it. Just have a little right. bit here and there. That way you don't get that massive craving and go off the deep end. Right, right. Yep. Well, today we have an interesting topic. 
uh, one of the fans sent this in. We have your top 20 moves that they've listed it from 20 to 1. And I'm curious how often you ever use these and what you think of these moves. Okay. Number 20, they have listed the DDT. How often did you actually use the DDT? Because I, I got to be honest, I don't, I maybe once or twice I remember seeing you actually do that. Man, I, I, I never, I didn't use, you know, it was one of those things, um, I always thought it was awkward both giving and taking that move. Not that it was, uh, I, I mean, one guy did break his neck. Uh, that um, the draws guy, remember that? Yes. So something like that. I, I swear, there was a couple of things, and that's one of them. I just wouldn't do, nor would I give it to you either. There's a, a very very shallow error here there. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's just something. Uh, I just know I, I won't do it, and I won't you know do it to someone either. Well, number nineteen is belly to belly suplex. I, I mean, I, I've given it and taken it. It's, um, you know, it, it's a pretty good move, but it is a, it's pretty, it's known to be stiff because when you, when you're in that air twisting that guy like that, it's hard to even not put all your weight on the guy, and it's right across your gut, man, and it hurts. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's so right. Like, I'm not kidding, man. Uh, it's someone like Rick Steiner, think about that. It's like a 300-pound safe or bowling ball <laughs> landing on your stomach. I mean, I'm not kidding. It just – sometimes he'd even say uh, it was something – a move that he uh, you know, he put in his mat sometimes. And one day he goes, man, we, he said, we can take that out if you want to. And I said, man, oh, that's okay. Boy, I wish I would listen to him and <laughs> took it out, man. I was like, oh, God, you know. I can see that, oh, yeah, because they land, they land right on your chest. Oh, on that in your right across your gut, man. <laughs> it's like I'm a shit like kind of, I'm a sitting like a, a square wooden, uh, I mean w- a square safe, just landing right on your stomach. Going, Oof. <laughs> oh man. Okay, what about number eighteen here? A release front suplex. You know, if if given right, that was a that was an easy enough do uh, one that you if you again done done right, you don't hardly feel it, but it's a pretty impressive looking. You know, it does. It looks like you're tossing them around. Yeah, nice. Uh, then we have the number seventeen, the scoop power slam. Um, I you know it, it was in the beginning. I think it was one of the. the Really like woof move. Uh, I remember one time just I was working with um, um, Tommy Rich. He was billing himself as uh, Tommy Rich's uh, nephew or something uh, out of I think Jackson, Tennessee. We we're working somewhere. He came in and worked a tag with Tommy Rich against me. I think Danny Spivey, and I gave him a a pow. Uh, 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 the, the uh, power slam, and uh, it looked so good. Uh, somebody like Bobby or somebody said, "Hey, count him out. That's a finish." <laughs> so you could really make it look really good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it was hell of a 
It should have been a finish for someone. Is that a hard one to set up? You know, it can. It can that's the thing about uh, the reason moves like that to me uh, have so many uh, chances for error where things could not go the right way. You know what I mean? And you couldn't do it just to anyone. Uh, you have everything's got to be just the right way, right for the right opponent, and uh, it's just again a lot of possibility for error, and that's probably why it never really came a real good finish. Gotcha. Well, number sixteen, the two-handed clutch suplex. I'm noticing a lot of power moves with the suplexes here. <laughs> you know, um, I seen it um i don't know if i've seen it as a finish oh and these are just moves that you have completed not necessarily finishes oh but but just moves that you've used they they've kind of ranked them so they said that you use the two-handed clutch suplex more than the scoop power slam you know I used to, of course, back when we were working, I've told you the story, we worked six times in a night, no, and one, best out of three, and a singles and best out of three and uh, tag. So, man, I'd use a different finish sometimes almost every time, you know, just to experiment. Mm-hmm. I really, uh, Rob, I, I enjoy doing those things like that because um, I, I don't know where I'd gotten it. But it was sort of how, <laughs> sort of like, it was an old wrestling book. It was sort of English. It was like the art of, you know, the acting of, uh, that's why you see like Stephen Ringle always selling his uh, wrist or, you know, like he really, he's still hurt, you know. Okay. It's like the proper way. So I was trying to, trying to learn every little, every little way of doing things. You know what I mean? So I'd use that double thing or anything, just something different. Oh, yeah. I went, you know, I thought it was better at one time to have, you know, a hundred different moves to finish people and what what actually turned out to be just the opposite, just to be this one devastating, you know, one thing, you know. Yeah. Well, and that was a gimmick for Ronnie Garvin, too, because he was the man of a thousand holes. Right. There you go. Yes. Well, another one they have listed here that you use a lot was the backbreaker drop. And I, I got to admit, in a lot of matches I see, you do pick up a lot of people and drop them in various ways. <laughs> right. You know, that's something too, Rob. I was always trying to think of something different because you get where, you know, and this is just the truth. You get in these deals we have like this, this we're doing t- TV for like three different like TVS, uh, 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 Turner, you know, uh, Saturday night TV, uh, like we was just some one Tuesday was it Monday Tuesday or Wednesday, just you know three different uh, tapings of TVs and same thing at Marietta. So it's TV, TV, TV. So just had these you know repetitive three minute matches, of just one after another, one after another. So you know um, if man, if, if I, you could just go through the motions, sort of do the same thing. So I was always trying to think of different things to do, you know? So, I mean, and then I was listening, like, if I hear something somebody was doing in Japan, and I wasn't the only one doing this, 
you know, everybody, because you had everybody you were competing against told you the story, the Steiners, or, you know, uh, shit, you know, Dr. Death, Vader, Stan uh, Hansen, mm-hmm. uh, just on and on, you know, me and Danny, uh, uh, man, I was shook as go on who, who was there killing people, you know? Yep. Uh, Vader. So, bah, bah, bah. So, we were looking at what they were doing. We were looking at what was happening in Japan. So, we were just trying to figure out something. Or sometimes we got lucky and just found out something on our own, you know? Nice. Uh, let me see. Number 14, the two handed choke slam. I think it's just another really nice way of tossing somebody around. Well, I remember that me and Danny, uh, you know, one day we just talked about us doing the double power bomb. I thought it was a little, you know, devastating. It was made us more look like, you know, we're cheating. You know, and it was a pretty cool deal that you could probably just about get anybody, two of us, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was just something we could add again to what we did uh Something together like it, and Danny also cool thing about it, he was left handed and I was right handed, so it made for a, a really good move to do together. And that's when you are in a tag team and you have those you know tandem moves, it does look more devastating. Oh, for sure. Uh, let me see. Here we go. Next one is the Gorilla Press Drop. You know, if you had. That was one of the moves, if you had the right person, that was a really, really cool move, or or it wasn't, you know? But, again, a couple people come to mind when we talk about a lot is, um, oh, shoot, Lee, out of uh, Carolina there, uh, guy, that guy go to the roof and the, come down and just really look like it, Body just go to all ends of the rope. He flattened out so hard. Uh, but no, when that movie's done right, that's really a really good move. Now, is that a hard one to set up? No, it, it, well, it is. First, uh, it's again, this is really, uh, uh, Rob, this is a sort of corny to say, but this is where the art really comes into this. This is where uh, this. It's definitely a, a, a two-part deal on both uh, parts, mine and his. Take he or the other, he or she taking or giving the move, but the one taking it, it's really up to them to really make it. And some people would do it, you know, better than others. Some people again would go. It was the height they would be able to go because the you know them be able again just to be able to take their body with the timing to go so high in the air and then come down so flat and bounce another foot coming up because, you know, again, it's athletic and it's, it's unbelievable to see, especially real life. You know, TV is something. When you see that in real life, dude, that's why I hear the people go, whoa, you know, because they, they saw that, man. But for to be able to do that is uh, – that's art, and that's again. It's the person sort of giving, but it's the person, and what the term is, you know, putting that thing over. And that's that's why, I like, uh, the, most of the guys, a lot of guys I worked with, 
did that, and that's it was it was me getting over a lot of times, but it was these guys doing it for me, you know, and that's what why the business is such a great you know give and take, you know, uh, a lot of you know it's a lot of give and take, and that's what's cool about the business. Absolutely, I can see that. Uh, here we go, number eleven, Camel Clutch. Now you didn't strike me as a submission guy, but I do remember seeing you do that a couple times. You know, for a while, man, I got stuck <laughs> riding with the sheep for a while. Uh, no, I love the guy, but I'm telling you, we had some great workouts together. But I could tell you stories, Rob, on and on and on about this guy. We'll do it somewhere down the road. We can get all night. But no, um, I saw him doing that, and he the reason he did it was uh, to be able to show your upper body, you know. And uh, I always like adding things sometimes. And, and what that I would sort of call that what I call that myself. I don't know what other people call it. I call it like a probably a, a spot to sit there. Either or, both people could rest. And you have a time to like show your, you know, your uh, how big you are, something like that. It's it's good for both people to do it. You know, either person to heal or baby face should want to want that in a mat sometime uh, for what we call. And then you come out of that, let's see, with a little, you know, hope spot or something. But uh, I started using it because he, I thought that was a good move. And then I started adding something else. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, uh, Phil LaFont's, um, uh taught me. Uh, he was from Canada. Um, can't remember what the name of it. I was just starting to use it some. But I was always trying to find some new uh, move uh, to put into instead of, you know, if you're, uh, say, a hill, just to, not the normal grab you by the trap, you know, or put the claw in your head or something. I wanted, you know, something different, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, like people like Phil and, oh shit, so many guys, uh, I got to, man, like, um, damn it, what's that? Um, Rob Van Dam, man, shit, somebody like that could teach you a, a hundred different things and just sitting around in the dressing room. You know what I mean? And I always wanted, you know, so it wasn't sort of my character, but I, I, I like adding to stuff like that. I had fun doing stuff like that. It keeps it interesting for you and for the people watching. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I think I heard Emily Harris say, um, you, you will step in the river and your feet aren't in the same place ever because the river's not ever there. You know, two seconds, it's gone. And you, that's why I, I, I want to be like wrestling. I want to be like everyone I think, you know, st- no matter what, where they're at in the business, as long as they're still uh, growing with the business. I love watching the new stuff and seeing things grow. You know, we talk about it a lot, just you and I sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, and that goes back to, like you said, the the power slam used to be something that would consider a power move. But right. evolution, and you watch people nowadays, and it's now one of the, the lesser known moves. Right. Number 10. Double leg slam. That's that's gotta hurt. You know the thing about that too. That's uh, that's really hurts for both people. Uh, that's probably why I have so much butt bone damage. <laughs> now you know, there's really nothing worse than a butt 
a, a sort of fracture or deep bruise because there's nothing for it, just let it heal. But sitting on it, whatever you got to do, it is painful, you oh. know. Yeah, I can imagine. Like you said, it's kind of like a broken toe. You can't do anything. You can't do anything, Rob. So now, was this one that you wanted to give a lot, or was it just a show? No, move? I tell you what. If it was the one, that I remember because after I did it once, I think I'm about, I said to myself, "I'll never do it again." And I think for some reason, I did it again. And I regretted doing it. But one time we did it. Um, it's sort of it's a rib on a referee. I can't remember his name. Uh, this is when I need Bruno with me. Um, it was a referee, and everybody sort of, uh, I don't know, wanted to always give him a hard time, you know. I was sort of told to do this uh, power, just, I mean, the double leg. And I think, if I can't remember if it was asked me to do it off the top rope or I wasn't even sure about one rope, but I think I did it off the second rope, which it almost killed me, you know, because there's really no way to land but on your butt bone, you know. I think this is when I really bruised it. But dude was, he was hurting, man. <laughs> he was hurting, dude. I ain't shit you. Uh, and the thing was, he didn't know it was coming, too. I, so oh. I feel bad about doing that. I think that one of the few times I've ever, you know, uh, did that somebody that's something too I, I I didn't it happened quite a bit but I hated when I was involved with it you know I disagreed with it but that's what you sort of did it they might do it to you you know yeah it's a su- surprise well I think I think that's that's part of too Robert fraternity stuff like you know uh in college or even shit boy scouts you know Shit, we did some shit, you know, serious shit in Boy Scouts, dude. I mean, I thought, man, that was, I guess I was soft-hearted, but I was like, whoa, man, that's pretty shit. It's heavy, man. You know, and uh, I was, shit, man, I, I wanted to quit. <laughs> I said, man, that shit's serious, man. Oh, man. You know. Uh, I thought we were tough, too. You know? I thought, <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, shit, these people like the Crips, you know? Shit, man. That's what Scouts is. That's that's, that's where they got their colors, man. It's like military. <laughs> uh, let me now, see here. Uh, you know, too, you know, of course, uh, uh, I remember uh, getting into, uh, what is it, snipe hunting. You know, uh, it's about, I think it's something about getting kids to go down there and pull their pants down or something like that, you know, or, but, uh, if you don't do it, something about trying to chase birds, I don't know, it's weird. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't fall for it. A few other guys didn't either, but one of the guys that did, he was really embarrassed that he did because it's sort of weird to be out there with your underwear. Or something, <laughs> you know, I can so imagine. Got, it was like a real, it didn't work in a really exposed snipe punting for what it was. Mm-hmm. I hope, I hope after that, they stopped that. I got to be honest. I was a I was a scout leader for a while, and I don't remember anybody doing that. Oh my God! You were a scout leader. I was. Oh God, Rob. <laughs> yep. Just kidding. But see now, mind you, I don't think any scout leader saw you guys do it either. So if it was going on, no. I wouldn't have seen it. So. <laughs> wow. No, nobody saw anything um, for sure. But it was just 
Matt, the kid was mad at his leader, was this like just an under leader guy, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just, it's, you know, that's like, like so many things. It's just that silly stuff, fraternity stuff. Yeah. That, man, there are things out there, Rob, that, or, or man, or, or nothing to, but go really goes on in places. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. So that, yeah, but, that's minor. <laughs> no, but I think it's something now that we're, how everything's going, Rob, I think it's something that they might want to consider changing some of these things now. You know, why, why can't you make hazing more fun? You know, yeah. Uh, if it's a, think about it, if it's more fun, if it's an organization that's, say, really not doing good memberships, it might help their memberships. I think that would increase it a whole lot myself. Don't you think? I do. I do. You know, it's like that. And, you know, uh, I know, I think we talked about it, the bully thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you do a few things like that. I saw, uh, I think I, we talked about it before. I can't remember who the guy is. He was a football player or uh, might be a baseball uh, something athlete out of New York City. This is when I had flown up there for an autograph signing, and um, he uh, got into a few charities. But he said, this is what you do if you do, like, one of those charities and another little charity. Then, man, those, those changes really make a big curve after you do, it, you know, a few small ones. And that's what and that's what we got to do. We got to try to do some small curves, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Every little step in the right direction helps get us in the right direction. Yeah, you really do, Rob. I think what we're seeing now, you know, which you know, I've told you, I've never voted. I didn't think it was something that would matter now. But, man, if, if you think you really got something you want to say, you don't really shouldn't be saying anything if you're not voting. And I'm thinking really about voting for the first time. Yeah, that says a lot. That that shows you exactly how important that voice is. It is, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, I think I, I'm not sure who the win, but, man, what if it really did come down to one vote, you know? I know, right? <laughs> and you're yeah, sitting there going, no, no. I could have I voted. That's always take advantage of it, always. Okay, number nine, the running leg drop. That sounds like another painful one. You know, I, I can't do you know, um, in the, with the right ring. That was a pretty. I, I like that when you could get height that really looked really good. It looked that you know looked like you was you know really connecting, which most of the time you weren't unless it was accident. When you're you know doing the leg drops too, you got that ability to bring that leg in a little bit. Of course, you know I wasn't. You know, I always had decent sized legs and pretty thick in the waist like that. If you're in the right side of the ring, that ring usually got a little bit of give. That's not a bad move, but I tell you something I would not want to use for like a finish. I wouldn't want to do something like that every night. Um, I tell you who was good at doing things like that uh, for a big guy was uh, Billy Gunn. Um, Man, now he could do a leg drop off the top rope. Um, like it, just, just effortlessly, you know, just 
you know, some people got that. Of course, he's just a little shorter than me, but he's got that spring and that uh, dense muscle uh, where he, he could just do. He could do it probably a leg drop off the top rope and spring up and do it do it again. You know, uh, just got that muscle tone. I had some more close to something like that, but not quite like that. I mean, uh, that that guy could really do some stuff. Yeah, actually, he was one of the ones I followed when I was watching it at the time. It was him, uh, the New Age Outlaws. So, right. yeah, he, he was really good at doing that. Well, he could, again, do uh, just some really uh, things that went. And just, again, when you talk about the greats or people who uh, that stick out, even someone like Harley Race, he didn't do things Billy did, but he was so did it again, just effort, you know, with no effort into it at all. Just mm-hmm. made everything so easy, you know, when he did something. Same with Billy. But Billy did, of course, at a higher level, you know. Nice. And there was a lot of people out there great like that. But the little difference about Billy, he was a little bit bigger than some of the other guys, you know. Well, and that's that's when you really have to make your mark. Like Rey Mysterio, he makes flying around that ring look effortless. Right. You know, and he's on the shorter side, so. No, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's, he's phenomenal. Number eight, the sidewalk slam. You know, um, I, I, I don't know if I copied that from those guys. I, I know I, I copied it from someone. Um, I always thought it was pretty good. Um, I think it was a lot. The, the guy taking it, I don't think was really hip on taking it. I think it was a pretty stiff bump, you know. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I did use it once in a while. Okay, so number seven, the big boot. Um, now that thing is like. Hold on a second. I know I saw the big boot a few times. If you had someone that really took that good, like someone like Shawn Michaels, Sting, Scott Steiner was one of the best, um, take that boot. It's it's really good. Uh, if, if you don't you know, take a good boot, it's not that great. You know what I mean? It's a lot to do with the person taking it. It's still devastating, but, you know, uh, for me, if I'm going to use it, close to my finish or something like that. Uh, I like to know the guy can. If not, I probably probably wouldn't use it, you know. Now, is that one where you also have to watch out where the person lands, too? Because I can see when they when they come into it, they're going to land it on their back, and you got to come down with your foot. So is there ever that worry, that error? Yeah, you're, that's right there. Exactly, Rob. What I'm doing, when, uh, you know, if I'm doing something that's close to my finish, I'm going to do something that's going to be have less air where it doesn't happen. And sometimes I, if I hear somebody in the dressing room, especially, um, you know, if, if I know it, know it's TV or something, I go, man, why don't you not do something like that? Because, man, that's a possibility that, that'll, you know, you'll have an error there. And more times than not, they usually do if they go ahead and do that. So you, that's a good point, Rob. No, I don't want to do that. I want to be, do something you know, that it doesn't have a possibility of error. Nice. Uh, number six, 
the Gorilla Press Slam. I think that's a pretty good good one. Um, um, again, I wish I could think of this guy's name, man. Uh, we've talked about it, Steve something. Everybody, man, it was like um, it was like getting the lottery pick of all TV guys, you know. But man, he was really good at it. You no, know, you know it really works when someone in the audience goes, "Oh man." He's dead, you know. Yeah. He's going to the hospital, you know. And uh, I mean, they ought to do a. We ought to. Shoot, we don't have the probably time. The people that really went to the hospital, you know, got you know really got home, came home tore up. Hmm. Now, for those kind of moves, though, is that tough depending on your opponent? Because you got to literally hold them in the air. Yeah. It, some some of those it's it's tough on both people but uh i think the one taking it usually is the toughest on them okay well now we're into the top five number five is the cobra crutch cobra clutch slam well i must have been asleep (laughs) (laughs) i gotta be honest i only ever remember saw you doing that once if it's the move i'm thinking of and it's kind of like a you know, a uh, full Nelson, but then you pick him up and slam yeah. him. If it's, if you that's know, what I'm thinking. You know, this is what's weird about this. This is what's really freaking me out. I somehow remember this. Um, somewhere. It's like some independent group. Somewhere that came through Texas and Arkansas. And I did some weird finishes like that. So it's possible. Um, uh, I uh, came. I think I was from Tommy Rogers. God bless his soul. But it is possible, Rob. But I can't guarantee it. Gotcha. Number four. And, and hold on, please, Rob. I'm talking. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, uh, and we're trying to on Vision Circle, you know, stick with what we know. And right now, we can't say we know that. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And like you said, you're, you're thinking maybe one, two. So we're not sure. That's just, I'm not sure if that's the actual name of the move. I, I saw you do right. something like that, but we'll well, find out. You know, that's the, that's the thing is, too. We could talk about that for a show about how people get these names and what they do to people that don't know what they are and how they get a life of that, just get a life of its own with some of these moves. Well, exactly. You know? And then they'll take a move and then they'll turn it into their own and give it a different name. Yeah. You know, because uh, I think number four, arm trap crossface. If I'm not mistaken, Chris Benoit used that. You know, um, I think that's one I picked up from. Uh, I do remember, I won't waste all night on it. I remember picking the guy showing me that, like in between shows in a locker room or. In the hallway, sometimes I wanted to always like again having a move like something like that for TV, you know, especially if it's one where I could grab the guy and you know, like when I was trying to always take advantage of every second of TV, I was there, so I had the guy in the hold and and uh, I had the TV come in when it looked like again his head looks like it's bulging out, you know, then I'm showing everything I got and I'm talking the whole time like. 
I'm doing this to your mother, your dad, you know, just <laughs> really downgrade. And so, yeah, I took advantage of every second while I was on TV. And that's what you had to do, you know. Mm-hmm. I forget who I saw ever do it for the first time. But uh, I remember one of the times I really remember I thought it was pretty cool when Jimmy Garvin did it. Um, I want to say it was Leonard Skinner's song, but it was, Hey, Mama, I'm coming home. Because we all want to get home, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of us, anyway, get home to Mama, you know. That's the thing. It was like rock and roll, dude, lifestyle, you know. Nice. Now, the top three, and you're going to be surprised, but they're all power moves. Number three is the choke slam. And we know you did that one quite a bit. Right. Number two, spinning crucifix toss. And I remember seeing that, especially in the skyscraper era. Yeah, I remember using that a lot. I'm trying to think of how. uh, I think that got started when I was in Japan. Um, which we you want to talk about first? Uh, whichever one you want, choke slam or spinning crucifix. Hey, I'm, I'm in here. Hold on a second. Dude. Oh, I just yeah, I just dark. realized you're in the hold dark. On. Hold on a second. <laughs> Not a problem. Where I'm <laughs> it was weird. I wasn't even paying attention. You know. No, we were chatting away, and the sun was up, and then all of a sudden, it wasn't. We got to make sure there's light for Sid. There we go. Let there be light. Yeah, there you go, buddy. We didn't even realize that the sun went down while we were chatting. All right, man, back to you. Yes. Yep, didn't even realize the sun was going down. We were just chatting so much. Well, man, um, this is, of course, you know, I, I can't remember myself, uh, uh, thank, thank God for you, but having a bad one other than in the beginning when I was sort of new to everything, but, um, even sick, tired or whatever we, I've had, I feel like we're doing, hitting, hitting, not always a home run, but we're hitting the ball. Oh yeah. Always, always hit the ball. We're hitting the ball, dude. So choke slam or spinning crucifix toss, which one do you want to chat about first? Uh, let's go, um, Let's go, uh, is it double choke slam or just single choke slam? This one's just a choke slam. Okay. A true story. Uh, God urged me to do that was um, uh, five two of the Samoans. Um, can't remember. Uh, I think that was who he became. I don't think five two became uh, – like Kishi, um, the, the, him and his brother or cousin had that feud with the Road Warriors back in uh, the 
first days at WCW. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know him as Fight Two, but you know they're taking on a couple different names. You know what I mean? Because um, they were cousins to uh, Rodney. Rodney was Yokozuna. Um, then they had Alpha and Sika. You know, that was the uncles. I'm be honest, and not no disrespect at all. I mean, I I went with Rodney. Me and Rodney rode together for a long time on the uh, road together. You know, mm-hmm. uh, even though we worked against each other a lot, just because you know everybody trying to save money. You know, but I mean, I went to a uh, actually one of the family parties. I can't remember every one of them. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, anyway, he t- got me to doing the choke slam. Um, I t- sent people in and, and uh, uh, taking them, and then at the same time, slamming them. It was, it was awkward a little bit. So he said, hey, bro, come in, stop them, look down at them, give them time to get ready, have them look at you, you're looking mad at them. And then take them then boom, bam, you know. So he sort of started that part of the choke slam for me. Nice. Then how did the uh, the spinning crucifix toss come in? Man, all right, I'm gonna have to again. I don't like to make up stories, but I think this is how this happened, Rob. When I went to um, one thing, maybe the. First time I did it, I want to say I might have did it when I went down to Global mm-hmm. that time when Jerry Jarrett had bought it. But I remember doing it at when I went over to Japan for my first tour. They brought me over like two or three weeks early to just learn their style and some things they wanted me to do. And that was sort of like one of them. Uh, and um, so I mean, they had me do like doing that throwing a guy three rows deep at the, uh, what was the, Noki, you know, the boss, you know, you know, throwing people like that on him from three rows back, you know. It was devastating, man. But uh, that's, where I, that's where I picked up on that. And then when I had to come back to the States, the Japanese uh, writers, magazine people, I mean, they were putting out, dude, uh, a magazine, uh, just one company. There's so many of them. They were putting out five, seven, ten magazines a a, a day, do every day. Unbelievable. Oh you wow. Know? I'm not shitting. Maybe I, I maybe I'm, I'm so many. Rob, I, I'd be scared to even even if I knew the number, I, I'd be still hesitant to say it. You know, you go, man, that can't really be happening. You know. They they were very serious about their wrestling in Japan, though. That's yeah. You know, I you know, I wonder how this is affected. You know, because um, me and um, Doug Gilbert, we were he had brought some um, magazines because he, he goes once or twice a year over there, and um, the, the um, they do almost everything through like magazine or posters and stuff like that very few they don't have like a tv show some of them you know and uh, that's how they advertise a couple of them might have like just a few minutes of tv really 
They, yeah. That seems different. That's very different. That is. Well, we're at number one, and I'm going to guess you're going to know exactly which move this is. It's the release power bomb. The uh, the devastating finisher move that you have. Where did that one come from? You know, uh, uh, probably again, Rob, I was always trying to change things up. And, and I don't know if it was this time, but um, this but this was the result of doing something I shouldn't have done, you know? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, this is no sip. I really, uh, and, and only a few people know about it because I told them. If I hadn't told them, no one would have known this. But I, I actually knocked myself out. I was doing, I was trying to, I was doing every different, power bomb every different way you could think of right so i said okay i'm gonna take the dude and i'm gonna i'm gonna like pick him up and like twist you call it a twister you know or something like that then i'm gonna come down and do and i guess is when i was also decided you know somebody just go down sometimes i go down to my knees you know and then just shrug him off you know when just something different well, I did one of these twister things, man. That dude hit me in the chin with his foot. Not on purpose, of course. Yeah. My fault. And for a second, I went dark. And uh, when I woke up, the referee was going, one, two. And I realized what had happened. And I woke up. And, and of course, no one knew about it, you know. But I was out cold there for that, you know, 15, 20 seconds. Because, you know, had, the ref had to come down and position and, I said, but it was just enough to where I came to and I came back to and I said, man, I said, you said, you all right? I said, I said, yeah, man, I was out just a little bit. I said, tell you what, though, I said, I'll never do that shit again. <laughs> that was the last time you saw that move. <laughs> Almost not. Well, I did knock myself out. Oh, man. Hell, buddy. Well, that's the top 20 list that... Uh, that- that was a pretty good ending on that, wasn't it? Yeah, I love that story. <laughs> well, and we've actually got a longer episode, this one. They're getting an extra 15 minutes. So what do you say we get to a question? All right. My time is yours. What's your favorite championship that you've had? Um, Oh, Jackson, that's a, you know, again, I, I'm going to explain something to you. I wasn't, I didn't grow up as a wrestling fan. So my answer is going to probably be a whole lot different than most other wrestlers. Uh, my favorite championship would be, again, that championship I won for just for a minute or two against Sting at Halloween Havoc. Um, and then I guess it's, it's, it's equally as championship meant to me as when I won the championship from Sean. Those are both. The thing about the one there, it was a lot more meaningful for us. Say it was at the Madison Square Garden. You know, Jackson, you don't know this. You're too young. But if a person gets to the Madison Square Garden, that's that's the best. That's the that's as far as you can go. That's the top you can get. And so to win your championship at the Madison Square Garden, where the greatest people in the world, like Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier and you know, people like Elvis sung there, Frank Sinatra, the greatest of the greatest. But um, I feel like that was probably the greatest championship there. 
excellent. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Vicious Circle Podcast. Your host, Sid Udi. Co-host, J. Robert Bellamy. Additional research by Pete Marsh. The Vicious Circle Podcast was produced by Two Cousin Road Trip Media, a division of JX3 Media Productions. The intro music, Omega Amigo, was by The Shaman. All rights to the podcast are held by Sid Udi.